Hello, and welcome back to Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. This is Soleil and Ramona Gaylord, bringing you Lovers of Nature, another entry from our Naturalist Notebook. Well, okay, now that winter is really bearing down on us, we have buttoned up our houses and against that cold and snow, but what about shelter if you live in the wild? Great question. Well, let's make the distinction between critters like us, who are endotherms, who regulate their heat from the inside out, and ectotherms, and all those other living things whose temperature is regulated by the outside temperature. They don't have any control over their own body temperature, so they're really at the mercy of the outdoors. In that group, we have, first of all, snakes, mostly garter snakes that live here in Telluride. And at this time of year, in much of the country, you won't see a garter snake anymore because they've already headed to the places that they're going to spend the winter. We had so many of them in our garden this summer, it's hard to believe they're all gone. And where did they go? Well, usually after the first couple hard frosts, they make their way towards wherever they're going to spend the winter in an area called a hibernacula. And more often than not, because in this part of the world we don't have a lot of options of places to get below the frost line, these critters are going to spend the winter piled in a ball together. And so sometimes they're in places that are traditional over many, many generations of snakes that snakes are moving to spend the winter at. We don't know about many of these here in Colorado, but there are some great locations that are known, like in Manitoba, Canada, where like tens of thousands of snakes spending the winter together in these things called sinkholes. So, at this time of year, the snakes have moved along these traditional paths or routes to get to these places where they know they can spend the winter safely, right? Yep, they've headed down under rock piles, talus slopes, cracks and cliffs, places that you and I really can't tell go down deep, but they do, deep enough so that they can just get below the frost line. Once they get down there, they're just going to get colder and colder, but they're not going to freeze. So, can snakes tolerate freezing temperatures? No, they cannot. So they have to find some place that's going to be reliably above freezing during the winter. They're going to stay alert, but sluggish. They have to be alert so if it does get cold, or if there's not much snow and their hibernacula would allow them to go deeper, then they can move lower if they need to. But if things do get bad and they can't get any lower and it gets a little bit too cold, then there's obviously a lot of snakes that die. Or as they say in biology, there's a lot of mortality. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why we're always so happy to see our gardener snakes come back in the late spring because we know they've been through a pretty hard and cold winter, right? Yes, and they are in these areas together because it's not about giving off any heat. It's about the fact that there are limited numbers of places where this is possible. So let's think about it, Soleil. If we only had a few shelters for humans through the long, long winter here, we'd all be piled up in a place together there, and we'd probably pile in pretty deep, I bet. For people who are afraid of snakes, that's really not a happy thought. But it is amazing to see. Soleil, do you remember that time we stumbled upon one of those huge ball of snakes in Canyonlands? Yes. We took a video of it, and it was like this giant ball of snakes moving along. So that's what snakes are doing now. What about those amphibians that are common to our area here, the salamanders? They are also not tolerant of freezing, correct? So they have to find places to go, and very little is known about where our salamanders are going in the winter. They are very secretive all throughout the year, and we don't really know a lot about it. But it's suspected that they are using the tunnels of other critters that are doing the same thing. So it might be chipmunk or prairie dog tunnels where they hide. They might be able to go down under some little space around roots of a tree that go deep under the surface. 
And of course, they're also going to be very dependent on having good snow cover because snow cover makes a huge difference in how deep that frost goes into the ground. As most of us know, it's like an insulator. I'm sure glad we've got a lot now. Uh, let's talk about insects. With this warm fall, even up to last week, people may have been seeing small butterflies on warmer days. Butterflies, like morning cloaks, are going to look around for sheltered, unheated space to f spend the winter, to kind of get tucked in, like under the big flakes of tree bark or in the fissures of tree trunks under some kind of bark. So they're looking to mostly hide themselves, right? Yes, they can tolerate freezing. They're adult butterflies. And they're going to go through the winter frozen, basically, but they need to hide from animals that might want to eat them. So there are going to be birds and mammals out there looking for things to eat over the winter, and the butterflies want to be out of sight and out of mind, out of harm's way, and not to be a free meal, I guess. Well, what about uh, the last group of uh, the mammals? What about those? Well, we have snowshoe hares that are changing color rapidly to their winter white and their mottled and darker brown of summer. They are an endotherm, like we are. They're regulating their own body heat, but they are using, similar to the butterflies, a camouflage strategy. So that's a kind of shelter, a different kind of shelter than we might normally think about. But it is a form of shelter, and it can backfire in some years when you change color before the snow shows up. So that is not a problem for them anymore after this week's big dump of snow. All is well for the hare and the skiers now. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next diary entry where we will talk about a year-round local resident, the American Dipper. Thank Th you. Thanks, KOTO.